Hello, this is Evidence-Based GI, an ACG production, and I'm Philip Schoenfeld, Editor-in-Chief. Today, we'll be discussing the management of recurrent C. diff colitis with fecal microbiota transplant material. With me to discuss this is Dr. Colleen Kelly, Associate Professor of Medicine at the Warren Alper Medical School at Brown University, and the lead author on the ACG's guideline on the management of C. diff. So welcome, Dr. Kelly. And just to set the stage, you know, why is FMT as a treatment for C. diff colitis so important? And where do things stand right now as far as using FMT? Thank you for having me. Um, FMT has been a real passion of mine since uh, I started doing it in 2008. And I think the reason it is important is it, it really works. I tell patients there are so few things that we have that I can tell people with 90% certainty it's going to work. So people can come and after a cycle of many recurrences and feeling like there's really no hope, you can offer this treatment and almost always it works. And the safety track record is, is really great. It's really the answer to the problem of recurrent C. diff, which we know yeah. is a disease caused by dysbiosis. And it really gets to the root of the problem and corrects those bacterial deficiencies that are setting people up for ongoing recurrences. And you know, it's for this reason that we, in the most current guidelines, promoted it to being being used earlier and considered earlier rather than making people go through cycle after cycle of recurrence. We advise that after a second recurrence or a third episode, that that's when you'd want to think about using it. And currently, fecal microbiota transplant material usually comes from a stool bank like Open Biome, and that stool comes from donors, and the stool is screened for multiple different kinds of infections. And the FDA has had a policy that allows it to be used, but not really to be officially approved. And so really there are centers of excellence that tend to do a lot of the FMT. Maybe you could just describe where that policy, what that policy is and, and where it stands. Sure. So this policy has been in place since 2013. It's a policy of enforcement discretion. So in 2013, they announced that FMT is a biologic drug. And as such, it's not an approved drug because there hadn't been enough randomized controlled trials, et cetera, showing that it worked. However, they were aware that patients really needed this treatment and they didn't want to shut down availability completely. So they left a little loophole called enforcement discretion. And it said in cases of C. diff that wasn't responding to standard therapies, practitioners could, you know, administer FMT provided that they told the patient, you know, a, a good informed consent talking about risks. And they explained that use under the FDA was, you know, uh, under this policy was experimental. And so this really opened the door for a lot of FMTs to be done over the past 10 years. And Open Biome came in and really filled a need. When I first started doing FMT, I was screening individual donors for each patient. It was a friend or a family member. Um, it, sometimes people didn't have someone that was a good donor or, you know, it started to, you know, who pays for the donor screening labs. And it just raised a lot of questions. Open Biome really took care of that, centralized that process and was doing a great job, you know, identifying really great donors and putting, you know, really intensive screening, including screening for things like multi-drug resistant organisms and pretty much any infection you can think of. 
and their donors were very healthy people without any underlying conditions that might even theoretically be associated with dysbiosis. So right before the pandemic, they were shipping out 10 to 12,000 doses a year through their center in Somerville, Mass. Now, multiple investigators and multiple companies have been trying to develop different FMT products. And ultimately, that's what we're going to be discussing today, the phase three randomized control trial of RBX 2660. That's a donor stool product that decreases recurrent C. diff infection, and it was approved by the FDA just last week. And this is a full spectrum donor stool that's been screened for all the different infections. And it was examined in a randomized control trial called the PUNCH CD3 trial. Do you want to just take a moment to discuss what that RCT did? Sure. So this was the second RCT of this product. The first was the PUNCH CD2, CD2 trial a few years ago. And the basis of the trial is it's a placebo-controlled clinical trial where patients either got the RBX 2660 versus a placebo enema. And it's delivered as an enema administration. In the PUNCH CD2 trial, they were looking at whether one enema or two enemas was preferable. With the phase three trial, that publication is imminent of that. They went with one enema. So it's a single enema dose. Patients are treated with a standard of care treatment course for their most current C. diff infection. And that was either vancomycin or fidaxomycin in most cases. And then after a one to three day washout period, they were given an enema either of the the study product versus a placebo. And the study did show as we, it was no surprise that FMT worked better than placebo. There was about a 13% difference between the placebo treated patients, rates of recurrence, and those who received the study drug. And there are a couple of important points for our listeners to understand that RBX 2660 or Rebiota is an enema formulation. So the enema is administered. Once it arrives at the study site, it gets thawed, for lack of a better word. And then because it comes as a frozen cryoprecipitate, and then the enema is just infused through a tube into the rectum just with gravity. And it takes about five to 10 minutes to infuse with the patient in a left lateral decubitus position. They have the patient hopefully stay in that position for about 45 minutes or so to keep as much of it retained as possible. And it's a total of 150 mLs. And now that this has been FDA approved, it's not totally clear, but good chance this is actually going to be infused in an office setting or I guess in an infusion center. And as you said, the endpoint in this trial was treatment success defined as no recurrent C. diff infection based on PCR or enzyme immunoassay at eight weeks out. And approximately 70% of people on RBX 2660 were treatment success versus about 60% on placebo. Were there any parts of the study results that stand out to you in particular as being important for listeners to understand? 
Well, I think the one question that listeners are going to have, you know, when we talk about FMT, we're always hearing about efficacy rates in the 90% range. Most clinical trials, including our own, which was published a few years ago, have shown colonoscopically administered FMT, 90, 95% effective with just a single dose. Capsule administration appears to, to also be highly effective. Why was the FMT administered, you know, in this trial less effective than we're normally, you know, seeing with FMT? Probably a couple of reasons for that. One, this question of like the washout period of antibiotics. We know vancomycin, fidexamycin, you can have that sticking around. It takes a while to fully wash out of the colon after you stop it. So, you know, there's five days out, you know, three to five days out, you, you are still seeing vancomycin sometimes being um you know, still coming out in the stool. So if some of those patients were treated earlier in the washout period, you know, maybe a day or two after stopping the vancomycin and they didn't have any type of a bowel prep that would normally, you know, in colonoscopic admission, people are having a bowel prep, it's washing the last bits of that vancomycin out. There may have been enough antibiotic, you know, still inside that it was impairing colonization with the new microbiota. Another element I think is the choice of administration route. And we have prior studies, multiple prior studies that show that enema infusion just isn't as high a success rates as you get with colonoscopic. And, you know, perhaps that's just, you know, people can't hold it in as long or, you know, the volume that you're able to retain, what have you. But, you know, most enema delivered FMT, people need two or sometimes even three doses to get up to that 90% efficacy. Sure. So I think that really identifies a couple of important points for our listeners that when this is, again, the first FDA approved product for use, and that when it's used, you use it 24 to 72 hours after the patient completes their standard antibiotic regimen, whether it be vancomycin or fidaxomycin, and that although it wasn't done in this trial, it's been done in other RCTs looking at the same topic that maybe it's good for patients to take a bottle of mag citrate to wash out any remaining vancomycin hanging around in the colon that may impede colonization by the good bacteria that you're getting from the enema administration. And I will note for our listeners that because it was tough to enroll patients in this trial, that they took the results from the PUNCH CD3 trial and combined results with their phase 2B trial, which is called PUNCH CD2, and did something called a Bayesian analysis. The details of that are really beyond the scope of this podcast, other than to say that it's a statistical tool that's used frequently, and it allows you to add in data from another trial and then develop what we call a posterior assessment of success. And that statistically showed that more than a 99% likelihood that RBX 2660 is truly better than placebo. Although I think, as you mentioned, Dr. Kelly, we're hopeful that we see higher success rates. And this may mean that if somebody gets a first dose of RBX 2660 and fails in the real world, that may be something that you get a second time. So, you know, Let's talk about what ACG members should do in their own practice when 
this becomes available, which should be pretty shortly. There's already prescribing information out about it. It was just approved last week by the FDA. And this punch CD3 trial is in press in the journal Drugs right now. What should ACG members know when they're treating recurrent C. diff based on the guidelines and based on this data about how they may apply this in their own practice? So based on the guidelines, a first episode should be treated with either fidaxomycin or vancomycin. If a patient develops a recurrence, so a first recurrence, and they haven't yet been treated with fidaxomycin, that would be the drug of choice. Otherwise, you could consider a vancomycin tapering course. But when they recur again, so after a second recurrence or at that time of that third episode, that's when you want to think about offering FMT. And that's when I, where I would position this product for most patients, because at that point, their chances of developing a further recurrence, 40, 50%. So the likelihood of them, you know, continuing to have recurrence is high enough to justify then going on to FMT. And this is going to be the available product for most providers. You know, stool banks may maintain some operation in sort of a limited way, you know, over the next few years, but really most of the FMT being done for C. diff we're going to have to these commercial products available, which is going to increase patient access. And I think patient access is the most important thing. I've heard from a lot of providers, just frustration when they pull that trigger and want to do an FMT in obtaining that donor stool. And now we have a product that's um, certainly much safer than individual directed screenings. They're really able to be very complete in all of their testing. So, you know, you should be able to get this covered by insurance. It may be something that, you know, is a more, we, we don't have any price point on it yet. There's a lot of numbers getting thrown around. I won't even venture a guess, but um, it's probably going to be something that you need to get a prior authorization to obtain. Um, but you're going to have to set up in your practice, you know, how is this going to work? How are you going to do this? It doesn't necessarily have to be administered by a physician. It could be something that could be administered by one of the nurses people, you know, it, 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 you know, it just really depends on your practice setting and, you know, how, how, how set up you are to do this kind of a procedure in your office, which you know, it is, it's just a retention enema, but it is a, a, a fecal product. And I, I do um, also say, you know, we talk about using it after a third episode, and I think that that's where it's going to be approved. But if you have patients who've had more severe C. diff infections, like someone who's you know, already been in the ICU with one of their episodes, you know, for, you know, a severe or fulminant infection, and they manage to recover and come to your office on vancomycin, that may not be somebody that you want to take any risks with them, you know, getting sick another time. So you might want to position FMT even earlier in those patients. And I've used it after a first or second episode um, in people who've had history of severe infections. I, I think that really crystallizes what our listeners need to know that Go to FMT with the third episode because the risk of further episodes is so high, 40 to 50%. If somebody had a really bad episode, was in the ICU, you might even do it sooner than the third episode. And as you said, it's a retention enema and the prescribing information isn't uh, entirely complete on, on what you might have to do in terms of administering it in your own office. It does come shipped as a frozen cryoprecipitate that's that's going to have to be thawed prior to administration. Now, there are a lot of other products that are being studied for this. Several months ago, we actually reviewed the SEER 102 capsules, which are formiculate, formicule, you can say it better than I speak <laughs> to that. Yeah. That are administered as, as oral capsules. And it looks like that's probably the next thing that should be available. And the FDA is supposed to provide a recommendation on that one by June of 2023. 
you want to speak for a moment about what else you think is coming down the road that may be other options for us to treat recurrent C. diff colitis, the CR102 plus, or maybe it's CR109. Yeah, I keep that's okay. that up. But um, other things that may be available in the relatively near future besides RBX2660 to use. So, I mean, I think there are, there are several live biotherapeutic products that are currently under development. Um, CR109 is capsule. Um, it's also donor derived. So it, they, you know, it's taken from human donor stool, which is ethanol treated to kill off the vegetative bacterial forms, leaving only the firmicutes spores, which are thought to be the active ingredient in FMT. And um, their clinical trial was published in New England Journal earlier this year, uh, over 90% or around 90% efficacy. Very compelling. Again, not yet available. There is another full spectrum product that's in phase three clinical trials right now. It's uh, the PRISM study, uh, Finch Therapeutics. Also, it's uh, donor stool derived. It's uh, full spectrum and that they don't, you know, kill off any of the bacteria. It's the whole, all the microorganisms found in stool. However, they're filtered and lyophilized into a powdered form. And it's given in a, in a capsule as well with no bowel prep. And then the, uh, the third agent that's, you know, in, later stage clinical trials um, is from a company called Vedanta, and they have consortium of bacteria. The difference there is that it doesn't come from human donors. These are kind of cultured bacteria. I can't remember if it's 12 or 13 different bacteria that they've put together that really seem to have good data for also preventing recurrent C. diff, you know, these choice bacteria. So as these different products come on the market, I think obviously capitalism more, um, more competition is good. It's good for patients, right? And it's good for us because we'll have a lot of choices. You may have patients who can't swallow capsules, right? And I'm, I was a site for a clinical trial of one of these capsule products and there are patients who really went well, through dysphagia or whatever, can't swallow these capsules. They can't be opened necessarily and taken in that way. So you, so a liquid product like Rebiota is good, you know, pediatric formulations is going to be important. Like who's, how are we going to treat kids? I know the Rebiota products approved for people over age 18, probably going to be used off label by pediatricians, but you know, it, but you know, there's, um, I think we're in exciting times here. I think we've learned that this is a real powerful treatment and yes, for 10 years, we've been able to do it using material from stool banks very successfully. We've made a lot of patients better, but it hasn't been easy, you know, in part because of some of the FDA policies and you know, really limiting, you know, how is this paid for, really limiting patient access. There are people who just live far away from one of these centers of excellence and can't necessarily, you know, get an FMT. And it's been frustrating for providers trying to trying to get their hands on this material. So yeah, I'm really kind of excited over the next couple of years and what's to come. There's certainly a lot going on in developing different products, but as you say, the bottom line is we now have an FDA-approved full-spectrum donor stool for FMT, and that'll be widely available, although we don't know what insurance coverage is. And just to summarize a couple of key points here, again, RCT shows 70% efficacy for preventing recurrent C. diff at eight weeks. And if you are treatment success there, then over the course of the following six months, more than 90% likelihood you won't have any further C. diff, that you do want to be cautious about the possibility of doing at least some limited kind of bowel prep between when you finish your vancomycin and when you administer RBX2660 and understand this is going to be administered as an enema and that may need to be done in office or at some type of infusion site. But with medical personnel administering this item. Dr. Kelly, 
thanks so much for joining us and thanks for all the great information. No, oh, thank you for inviting me. It was a lot of fun. Nice to meet you.